Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 607 on Tuesday morning. Mike Casper is out today. I am Rick Worthington, and I'm sorry that I'm here. And here we are again. Uh, I do that. I apologize every day. I fill in for Mike Casper. There's no need to do that. I mean, but he's he's a pretty popular son of God. He, he you know. never um, he never apologizes for coming back. So no, he doesn't. That's the difference between him and I. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Chris. How yeah, are you, buddy? Good morning to you. I'm doing just fine. I ordered a a white chocolate mocha mm-hmm. with espresso in it. Mm-hmm. I received a hot chocolate with espresso in it. Not at all what I expected. Nevertheless, I'm going to drink it and uh, try and wake up a little bit this morning. But there's quite a difference between the two. Uh, yeah. White chocolate okay. mocha tastes a little bit different. Uh, it tastes a lot more like mocha than hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I I uh, I ask that people give me the benefit of the doubt at 5, 6 in the morning. It's like I'm going to be a little off Woozy. not not quite <laughs> running uh running on all six cylinders and uh so when you order a coffee and don't get it exactly right i think the same thing applies to the to the people at the coffee shop you know mm-hmm. got to give them a little bit of a break i so, suppose so and and not only that but it, it still tastes halfway decent so what the heck i'm just trying something new today <laughs> i like that if this is as bad as my day gets really yeah that's going to be okay i was just uh checking the news there was a a member of parliament in russia apparently yesterday who said the u.s should return alaska yeah i saw that they they want they want their uh they want alaska back Mm -hmm. um sorry comrades i don't think that's going to happen it's uh let's see a russian parliament member oleg Matvachov on a TV program addressed waves of sanctions against Russia, saying that leaders should think about reparations. Mm. Uh, Matvachev said the harm these sanctions cost us cost money. We request return of possessions, including possessions of the Russian Empire, the Soviet Union, and even parts of Russia that are now occupied by the United States. And, of course, he meant Alaska. Well, that's pretty nice. Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy responded on Twitter with, good luck with that. Yeah, reparations. We'll get right on that for you there, big guy. <laughs> um, is there any doubt, though, that there is a lot of sediment in Russia to get the band back together? You know, they don't just want Ukraine well, back. It, they I, want they want the whole thing I don't back. Think, I don't think everybody wants it, but uh, I think uh, definitely Vladimir Putin would love it. You know, he was he was kind of a, you know, a big deal when the Soviet Union existed. Sure. Uh, he was... Uh, Head of their their equivalent of secret their their equivalency I guess of secret service after the Soviet Union yeah um, ended there's and a guy was, I, this is a really bad analogy but there's a guy in Russia that really does know all the secrets he knows everything there is to know about one, one Russia would as, one would assume yeah yeah Vladimir Putin not just you know probably responsible for a lot of the things that you <laughs> don't know about Russia yeah. well. There's a guy that's in the know on everything that's been going on I, and how it's gone on. I like to think it's just a coincidence that every time somebody speaks out against him, they end up getting poisoned to death, but it's probably There not. is something to that, Chris, you know? So let's watch our P's and Q's today, my man. I, I want to see you get so. home safe today. I don't, um, I don't I, think they monitor our station much. 
Uh, some updates uh, on ABC News today. Several fires reported in Chernobyl exclusion zone. Oh, that's good. Because that's what we need is more problems in Chernobyl. Chernobyl. I'm, I'm not making light of any of these situations. I just don't know how else to put it to you that yeah. there are some of these things going on. Uh, Moscow also responding to uh, President Joe Biden on biological and chemical weapons. Uh, Russians deputy foreign minister saying, we don't have any of those. They apparently don't have any biological See, or it, chemical it sound, weapons it, it in sound, Russia. It sounds like their their attitude is, we don't actually have any, but they're not off the table. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. Uh, I'll, I'll just read you the uh, first paragraph of the story from ABC News. It says, Russian forces are continuing their attempts to push through Ukraine from multiple directions, while Ukrainians, led by President Vladimir Zelensky, are putting up stiff resistance. The attack, which began on February 24th when Russian President Vladimir Putin announced a special military operation, in quotes, Russian forces are moving from neighboring Belarus towards Ukraine's capital of Kiev uh, once, uh, and they've advanced closer to the uh, city center in recent days despite the resistance. Heavy shelling, missile attacks, many on civilian buildings continue in Kiev as well as major cities. Uh, Outside of Kiev, uh, Russia also bombed western cities for the first time this week, targeting um, the city of Lviv and a military base near the Poland border. And if you're asking, do I know the pronunciation of these cities yeah, in that's, Ukraine? That's pretty, the that, answer is no, I don't. Actually, I'm trying. That was actually pretty close. Was it? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, been, in the, that's, that's been in the, in the news quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Russia has been met by sanctions from the United States, Canada, and countries throughout Europe, targeting the Russian economy as well as Putin himself, although Vladimir Putin doesn't seem to be phased by any of that. Wow. Um, nevertheless, there you have it. The latest from uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine today, which is certain to get grab a lot of headlines. And there's also some things going on uh, in Washington, D.C., and regards to trying to fill a seat in the Supreme Court. Yeah, the the uh, the first day of the uh the confirmation process was yesterday and and mostly they just all made speeches yesterday, right? Yeah, it's posturing. I think uh Republicans and Democrats are pretty well in the know on this unless I want to make sure I say her name correctly, Kentanji Brown Jackson. Close enough. Close enough. How do you say it? Don't Ketanji. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm good there. Uh, or Judge Jackson, as I call Judge it. Jackson is a good way to go. Yeah. Okay. I'm right on the nose there. I think both Republicans and Democrats, unless something crazy happens, there will be a 50 50 split on whether or not she is confirmed. And then it will be up to the vice president to break the tie. And more than likely, she will confirm Joe yeah. Biden's selection and. Uh, Judge Jackson will go unless, into the U.S. Supreme Court as planned. I think you're right, unless something unforeseen happens in the next few days. Well, that's what I'm saying. Unless she blows it and all Democrats cannot jump on board here, then she's going to get confirmed. So, yeah, if it just comes down to I'm going to get five minutes on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox on these uh, confirmation hearings, I might as well use 
my five minutes to glorify me as opposed to <laughs> actually question her. I think that's what I'll do today. So politicians so, always posture. So, so you did watch it. <laughs> I, that's, I'm, I've watched several. <laughs> this is how it works. Mm-hmm. All right. It is time for sports at 615. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Fat Guys make some pretty darn good sandwiches. As I told a friend of mine yesterday, you got to try this. Pretty good. I wasn't lying. Uh, by the way, I now know the new location of the Boise Fat Guys that is uh, going to be happening soon. I don't so, have all the information. So they'll have one in Meridian like they do, plus one in Boise. That's good. There will be one in Boise. It is coming soon. I can't tell you the exact day it will be open, but I can tell you it will be off Gowan Road in the parking lot of Albertsons. There's currently a Quiznos there. That mm-hmm. Quiznos is going away. It will soon oh. become a Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. So be looking for the Boise edition of Fat Guy's Fresh Deli coming soon. All right. In sports, there was kind of a big trade made yesterday in the NFL, and it's going to make some waves because it was a former MVP that was involved in this. No, not a recent MVP, but after 14 seasons in which he became the best quarterback in franchise history, Matt Ryan is on the move. Atlanta traded Matt Ryan on Monday to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for what? A third-round draft pick. (laughs) Unbelievable. Doesn't seem like enough, does it? Well, the Falcons move quickly to add Ryan's possible successor, agreeing to a two-year contract with free agent Marcus Mariota, who's familiar with Coach Arthur Smith's offensive scheme uh, from their time together with the Tennessee Titans. Mariota's deal, two years, $18.75 million. If Mariota is halfway decent, and he's played the last two years for the Las Vegas Raiders, not playing a lot usually would come in on running downs, and then it would be an option play, and Mariota's pretty good at that. Didn't throw the ball a lot. But if he can come in at that salary and perform halfway well, the Falcons have a chance to really upgrade at some positions and become a better football team. That's not a ton of money for an NFL franchise quarterback. If that's what Mariota actually is, they could still, of course, draft a rookie and try and build from there. Yeah. But I think the the deal for the Colts is terrific. Matt Ryan can still throw the football. Mm-hmm. He needs some weapons over there, but uh, I like this deal for the uh, Colts. He's, uh, he's among the career leaders in, well, everything now. Now he is, yes. Um, but more importantly, the Colts have a really good defense. They have a fantastic offensive line and maybe the best running back in football now. Um, keep in mind, they're a little shy at the wide receiver position, I think. T.Y. Hilton's not what he once was. Anxious to see what the Colts will look like with Matt Ryan behind the center. KBOI News Time is 618. Hey, from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's 624 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week, along with Chris Walton. How you doing, buddy? Not bad. There is a gas station in Wisconsin that is being sued by two other gas stations. Uh, The two other gas stations claim that this particular gas station they're suing uh, keeps its prices too low, and is therefore that is unfair. Uh-huh. And uh, why is it that gas station A can keep its prices <laughs> so much lower than gas stations B and C? 
I uh, may ask? Two Wisconsin gas stations are suing another store, Woodman's in Waukesha, for pricing its gas too low, according to more than 200 pages in court documents. 200. The companies are suing under the state's Unfair Sales Act, which prohibits selling goods below cost. Hmm. However, in newly filed documents, Woodman's argues it can sell below cost in order to keep up with Costco, which is six and a half miles away. Uh-huh. The gas stations that filed the lawsuit against Woodman's, a Shell and a British Petroleum station, are seeking $80,000 based on the number of days they claim Woodman's priced their uh, gas too low. Really? Well, that's interesting. So apparently gas wars would be completely illegal in Wisconsin. You know, I was just reading a report from Fox News and Fox Business in regards to gas prices having Mm -hmm. come down a little bit, but the gas prices aren't expected to bounce back to, you know, down below four bucks a gallon anytime soon. And that there's a, a number of reasons why, and we can uh, jump into that here a little bit later if you like. But I know that gas prices right now are offering quite a bit of a sticker shock to a lot of people when they go to the gas station. Now, I told you, Chris, recently that I purchased a uh, a new truck, mm-hmm. and it is a hybrid. Uh, gas mileage, instead of being somewhere around 15 or 16 miles a gallon in this new F-150 that I have, is somewhere a little closer to 22, 25, hmm. somewhere in that range. Okay. And it's broken right now, by the way. My new truck. Oh, it is? Yeah. What, the truck what, that I'm driving right now what, is a what, loaner from the, oh, from what, the dealer. What part is broken? Um, apparently, it's a, a, a unit that, a unit, it's a part that goes to the heating system mm-hmm. and allows the antifreeze to run freely through and, and warm everything up. Yeah, apparently that cracked and uh not a great time of year was, to have that problem. It I had it less than 30 days before the truck broke. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I've been working with the dealership here locally to try and get it fixed and take care of things. Problem is the part for my pickup is on back order. I don't even know when I can get the part so that they can fix it. Is it a reasonably priced part? Well, I don't know because it's under warranty. I don't have, uh, to, okay. I don't have to worry about any well, of that. Well, that's good. Then it is. You know, that's the nice thing about having a warranty. But mm-hmm. the, the point is, I I don't have my hybrid truck, and I'm suffering gas prices the same as oh, yeah. you are that's because I'm not getting all the gas mileage that's I was before. So uh, we could talk a little bit more about gas prices, though, here in the uh, coming hour. And we'll always take your phone calls as well, 208-336-3700, the number you can call. KBOI News Time is 628. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Six thirty-five on News Talk KBOI. Appreciate you wherever you are listening online on Alexa <laughs> FM AM. Uh, Glad to have you here. I was just reading Samuel L. Jackson appeared on Sesame Street. I hope he didn't drop uh, Samuel L. Jackson on him. During a uh, chat with Elmo, he was reunited with two old friends, a snake and a plane. <laughs> and apparently and apparently, he wasn't that happy about it. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I think the, uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, is that the name of the film? The new film, yeah, Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. Yeah, I've seen that. That is the most inappropriate show I've seen him in, in a long time. 
is so inappropriate at times that it's like Salma Hayek. Yeah, she um Salma Hayek and Samuel L. Jackson both <laughs> will do anything, I think. That was it was pretty funny. I mean, not as inappropriate as, you know, Team America. You know the World Police, yeah. Yeah, World Police. Team America World Police, the, the, the puppet the, show yeah, the marionettes, done right. by the folks from South Park. Still the only Not that marionette. inappropriate, but still yeah. pretty inappropriate. Still the only all marionette movie I think I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, it, you know, if you're into inappropriate humor, and if you, you're a fan of any Ryan Reynolds film, you probably would be, um, then okay, you're going to be all right with that. Um, I was hearing Ron talk about gas prices, and we had mentioned uh, uh, a few minutes ago that it doesn't look like gas prices are going to get better anytime soon. Story from Fox News today, Fox Business. Gas prices may be slightly from their most recent highs, but for Americans, the relief isn't projected to last, according to an industry expert. Andy Lippo, who is the president of Lippo Oil Associates, estimate that the rebound of gasoline futures up over 30 cents a gallon, will end the recent pullback of pump prices. Futures uh, contracts allow traders to anticipate price moves and demands. He said, given the significant increase in futures prices since last week, the decline in the national average price of gasoline is about to end. Bad news for consumers, as prices simply will not fall very much from their recent record levels. On Monday, crude prices jumped 7% to about $112. Uh, Given the rally, gasoline prices are expected to make a U-turn in the next week, he said. He estimated the national average could climb back to $4.30 a gallon, while gas prices in California, don't know if you've seen those anytime recently, but it's close to 6 bucks a gallon right now and could be higher than that by next week. Wow. 6 bucks a gallon. Mm Mm-hmm which is sure to keep my parents' motorhome from going anywhere this summer. Yeah, I think most people's motorhomes would not like to fill up for that. Correct. The ongoing conflict between Russia and Ukraine could squeeze prices even further due to strained supply and increased demand, that according to economists. Where will gas prices be? Currently in Idaho, about four thirty-five a gallon is what we're paying here, which is... By the way, not nearly as bad as Wyoming, where it's right at four bucks. Utah is about the same as we are. Colorado, why are they paying only three dollars and ninety cents a gallon? <laughs> I say only, like that's a great price. Over in the Midwest, like Kansas, three seventy five a gallon. I guess it's because they have so many places where they refineries. make refineries. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. KBOI News Time six thirty eight. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 643 on News Talk KBOI. Mike Casper's out. I'm Rick Worthington. Glad that you've joined us this morning, along with Chris Walton and our our good friend Nathaniel over here running the board for us and not screwing up anything just yet. Nice job, my man. Uh, <laughs> high, high praise there. That's right. Um, sports on the way here for you in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we will have an update for you, by the way, at top of the hour news on what is going on in the war between Russia and Ukraine. 
Seen some pretty disturbing headlines, though. Um, Fox News reporting that Russia is kidnapping kids, torturing people. Wow. Um, now, I, I don't know what's what's true, if there is any truth to that or not. I, Fox is reporting it, which, you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to say they're wrong. I don't have any indications well, that any, they're wrong about that. Is anybody else reporting the same thing yet? Uh, I have not seen it yet through CNN. I have not seen it yet through ABC News, and I've been kind of checking around. But uh, I will definitely be keeping an eye on that today because if uh, if true, that's you know a very significant step towards uh, the rest of the world uniting against Russia, kidnapping children. Tor- I, and by the way, it didn't say torturing kids. It just says they're torturing some, mm-hmm. kidnapping children. Um, there have been some street-to-street battles uh, in some Ukrainian cities trying to fight Russians away. So, yeah, significant things happening, and we'll certainly keep an eye on it again. An update from ABC coming up at the top of the hour, 7 o'clock. Right now it's 6.45, and it is time for sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Chicken cordon bleu soup today, my man. Mm, that sounds good. Have you had that, Nathaniel? It's pretty good. Not going to lie. The sandwiches are top-notch. 10 out of 10. But if you're on a diet like I am, I'm trying not to eat the, the carbs, so I eat the soup instead. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'll do today. This is my lunch plan for today to try and keep with my dieting plan. So... Chicken cordon blue soup available at Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. The Masters is coming up here pretty soon. Do you watch golf on TV, Chris? Yeah, will I you do. do that? Yeah. Do you fall asleep while you're watching like I do? Uh, well, you, uh, yes, I occasionally do that. <laughs> Sometimes I, I'm I'm able to stay awake though. I mean, God is my witness. If golf is on TV, I'm out within five minutes. Gotcha. I'm not going to be able to stay awake for that one. But I'm sad to say the three-time Masters champion, Phil Mickelson, will not be playing in next month's tournament at Augusta National Golf Club, marking the first time since 1994 that Hefty won't be competing. Mickelson, who is now 51, had been listed among the participants until Monday when his name was included among past champions who won't be participating. Mm. An Augusta National official confirmed to ESPN as well on Monday, the Mickelson won't take part in the event, so it apparently is firm. It would have, though, been his 30th Masters overall. Why? Not positive. A decision comes with Mickelson embroiled in a controversy since last month when Arthur Allen Shipnuck released an excerpt from his upcoming unauthorized biography of him in which the six-time major champion criticized the PGA Tour and said he was involved in drawing up the working agreement for a breakaway league being finalized by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Really? In it, Mickelson described the Saudis as scary, but said he was looking past their controversial history of human rights violations to gain leverage with the PGA Tour. What? That seems like a weird thing to do, to gain leverage with the PGA Tour. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you're probably right. Nevertheless, I'm just telling you what ESPN is reporting here. It sounds like he says, you know, if you have to ignore a human rights violation here and there, it's just the price of doing business. I guess. I don't know. 
But I'll tell you that Phil Mickelson is not playing in the Masters at Augusta next month. And that, for golf fans, is the headline. KBOI News Time is 647. Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We're just before the top of the hour of 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And we have a damn near impossible question coming up today. We Chris do. Chris Walton has questions and we all try to answer. We do. You, you uh, don't have to call in until about 8.20 or so. Uh, but the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question uh, the number, by the way, 208-336-3700. Don't call now. You will win a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Laugh Latte. And the question, William Shatner turns 91 today. In his career, he's been in one movie total that was nominated for Best Picture, for the Best Picture Oscar. Mm-hmm. Name that movie. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208 208- Triple eight forty one twenty eight. It's time for news. This is KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the listen live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707 on KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Jim Polo. Dr. Polo, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, um, we've talked about our dietary choices several times over the years in these Medical Moment segments, but today you're here to talk about a different kind of diet. What's the story? Yeah. I want to take a moment to really focus on a different kind of diet that's really, really important, and it's the diet where people are you know, taking in excessive stressful news and consuming that. Is it uh, not important to stay informed though? No, it's very important to stay informed, but the challenge is that we've become glued, um, you know, to the media outlets and essentially really kind of being over informed. You know, think about the pandemic. It was important to understand where we are with the pandemic, but how many folks were spending, you know, hours a day reading every little issue related to the pandemic, which just kind of creates more fear, more uncertainty. You know, world events like what's happening in Ukraine, it's important to know what's going on, but it can also be very anxiety-provoking watching and reading, you know, news nonstop. So what can we do about it? Well, the first thing is to be a little bit more self-aware. You know, think about how much time you're spending consuming the news. Think about what you're trying to understand. Think about what it is that you're doing that's repetitive. And think about the triggers, you know, is it causing you uh, anxiety? Is it causing you to have troubles with sleep, headaches, chronic pain? And then begin to kind of shift your actual behavior. So being self-aware of what you're doing, self-aware of the fact that it's creating anxiety, and then changing your behavior and trying to view news in moderation. It's important to understand it's better to do other activities with people, get out, enjoy the, the coming spring weather, do things away from being glued to the Internet. You know, one of the best parts of our weekly uh, time together is that we get to hear about treatments and even new ailments we've never heard of before. Now, you have a prime example of that right now, something being called bigorexia. Yep, yep. And actually, bigorexia has been around a long time, but we're starting to give it a name and talk about it. Um, And what some mental health professionals um, are talking about is they're using it as a descriptive way which describes 
adolescent boys' extreme focus on body image, where their desire is to really get your, you know, big and buff, have that superhero look, and consequently, they're spending an extreme amount of time in the gym, focusing on protein diets, and these intense muscle-building goals. So what's behind all this, and what can parents do about it? Yeah, um, you know, we've we've moved into a, a time which has been, you know, propelled also by the pandemic, where people are spending a lot of time online, uh, watching uh, shows, movies, social media, um, and unfortunately, the the part of that, particularly for adolescents, is a focus on body image and wanting to fit in and, and, and wanting to feel that they're just right. And, and there's a lot of cues out there in the media that really kind of propel that ideal, you know, look. And so, you know, if you have an adolescent, uh, whether it's a son or a grandson, that's really focused on their appearance and weight and food and, and protein and, and going to the gym, they may be one of those individuals that, that is, is having this, this challenge. Because remember, beneath all of this, despite looking buff and despite looking, uh, you know, muscular, there can be a lot of insecurities and a lot of challenges with low self-esteem, and that's what's important. So, you know, I recommend to, to, to parents and grandparents, if you're concerned at all, first talk to your teenager, figure out what's going on, but don't be afraid to talk with a doctor and kind of get some advice. That is the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Jim Polo, thank you for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thank you. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Roll the dice, 7-Eleven, 36 outside. News Talk KBOI, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week. Mike is uh, golfing and taking in spring training mm-hmm. baseball this week. He's already done both. And uh, celebrating his uh, anniversary with his wife. I think it's today. I think it is, too. Uh, 20, 20 years. years for them. So congratulations, Mike. We're proud of you, buddy. You made it, so to speak. <laughs> uh, we have been keeping an eye on uh, some things going on in the news today. Uh, have you heard of hypersonic missiles? I have. I couldn't tell you much about them. I've heard the name, though. There's a story in CNN, uh, what to know about hypersonic missiles that have been fired by Russia, Ukraine, uh, because Russia has used hypersonic missiles in its invasion. Um, it's a consequential weapon, according to the president, almost impossible to stop, and that's the reason they're using it. Um, what exactly are they? Essentially, all missiles are hypersonic, which means they travel at least five times the speed of sound. Almost any warhead released from a rocket, miles in the atmosphere will reach that speed heading to their target. It's not brand new technology. What military powers, including Russia and China and the United States and now North Korea, are working on now is hypersonic glide vehicles and HGV a highly maneuverable payload, I'm reading this, by the way, Okay, it can theoretically fly at hypersonic speed while adjusting course and altitude to fly under radar detection and around missile defenses. So a missile that travels very, very low 
below the deck, so to speak, so that it can't be tracked by our missile defense systems. Mm -hmm. Russian Air Force MiG-31 jets carries high-precision, hypersonic, aeroballistic missiles. And, uh, yeah, they've been firing those. They have limited maneuverability. Of course, anything that moves at that type of speed isn't going to be able to exactly turn on a dime, right? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, there's another report that noted that the ground-launched... Uh, I want to try and read this word, but I can't. It's a ground-launched weapon uh, vulnerable to missile defense systems during the 2020 uh, war, during which uh, Azeri forces intercepted... From Azerbaijan. You know what I'm talking about here. Mm -hmm. There are some defenses, basically, that are available to it, but there are not that many. So, hypersonic missiles, something you will be hearing a lot more about you might be wondering about it. I know I was, and that's why I brought it up to you today. Gotcha. There you go. Uh, that will be in news as well as other items that we will be sharing with you throughout the day here on News Talk KBOI. Meanwhile, at 714, it is time for sports. It's brought to you by the aforementioned Fat Guys Fresh Deli, where they do make some pretty terrific sandwiches. I think they're a 10 out of 10. If you look online, you'll see that Fat Guys has been named the best deli, not just in Meridian, but best sandwiches in the area. All right. Check them out today at Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and a new Boise location coming to the area of Gowan Road in the Albertsons parking lot where there is currently a Quiznos. It will no longer be a Quiznos here in April. It will soon be a Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Keep that in mind. News in the NFL today. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've got a pretty good quarterback coming back. He's old. 44 years old right now, but Tom Brady is back for the Bucs. And it looks like he'll have a familiar face to hand the ball to. Running back Leonard Fournette spent Monday visiting with the New England Patriots, but he has decided to re-sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a three-year, $21 million deal. Fournette ranked six among all NFL running backs with 1,200 yards from scrimmage when the Bucs placed him on injured reserve with a hamstring injury after Week 15. He missed that wild card game, but returned for the Bucs' divisional round loss when they lost to the current world champion, Los Angeles Rams. After signing his second one-year deal with the Bucs last offseason, Fournette, who is still 27 years old, ran for 812 yards and scored 10 total touchdowns. Best game, Week 12, Fournette, in addition to delivering a pretty memorable halftime speech when the Bucks fell behind, ran for 100 yards on 17 carries and had seven receptions for another 31 yards and was pretty productive in that football game. If you'll remember, they needed him on their way to a 38-31 victory after he had a 28-yard run with just 29 seconds remaining and that sealed the deal. He was a backup to Ronald Jones for the uh, majority of the 2020 season, but last year he became the guy. And it looks like he will be again for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He'll have Tom Brady in front of him. They're going to have weapons. Did you see the other day Tom Brady was, this was just on uh, Instagram and, and Facebook, Tom Brady was shown out on the practice field throwing balls. Who was he throwing them to? Edelman. 
Oh, Julian Edelman? Julian Edelman. <laughs> and it's like the Buccaneers the need one more receiver <laughs> that he can count on. Julian Edelman might be the guy. I don't mm-hmm. know. Probably not. He would have to sign a deal, but Tom Brady needed somebody to throw to, and Edelman was the guy. KBOI News Time, 717. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week on News Talk, KBOI. We check in with Jeremiah Bates this morning. Federal Reserve interest rates continue to sway the markets, my man. Yeah, so it was interesting. Yesterday, we were looking to be on track for perhaps a six-day winning streak after the great uh, week that we had last week, and hoping that momentum would continue, and markets were up, and Federal Reserve uh, Chairman Jerome Powell came out and made some interesting statements, um, basically saying that they could be much more aggressive if need be to rein in the inflation. So he was very clear saying that, hey, inflation is too high and that the Federal Reserve will take really any measure necessary if needed. So if you look at these recent Federal Reserve meetings, they what they really do is give you a projection. They have this thing called the dot plot. We have, we have the Federal Reserve members basically putting some dots on this chart that give their indication of where they think interest rates are be. Now, some are more hawkish, some are more dovish. But when you have the, the the chairman, you know Jerome Powell coming out making statements outside of this outside of the standard meeting, saying that hey, if we need to raise uh, more aggressively to say fifty basis points, which is half of one percent, they will. Now the market reaction wasn't uh, that that wasn't welcome with open arms because they what they don't like is uncertainty. Market, I'm very redundant with this statement, but it is true because now you have the Federal Reserve coming out and making more hawkish statements around. You know, hey, we we will get more aggressive, and you you just got to know that an increase in interest rates outside of what's already priced into the market will affect some downward pressure, especially on these high valued mega tap mega mega cap growth stocks. But interestingly enough, the Nasdaq was uh was down a bit, but it was the Dow Jones Industrial Average that took a grunt of the sell off yesterday. And then this morning, I'm watching an interview from the St. Louis Fed uh, um, Bullard, and he's suggesting that they increase their target to three percent. So <laughs> he's so you have some members on the board saying that, hey, let's get super aggressive with this on the front end. Let's really tamper down this inflate these hot inflation numbers that we're seeing, and then we'll kind of pull it back. So now you have so now you have a uh, kind of the market pundits coming out now and saying that, hey, we're going to see another uh, 1970s style stagflation, which I think is a bit overstating, but what really affected the market is the Federal Reserve going outside of what was anticipated in their meeting and said, wow, they're not messing around now. They will get really aggressive with the tools at their disposal. Now the question is, can they take this in for a soft landing? If they tighten too fast and too quick, will it affect economic growth and will it affect, uh, uh, eventually affect the job market? Meaning, will we see higher unemployment? Which right now, those numbers look good. So we're seeing unemployment looks good. Inflation is high. So how can they balance that out? And it's just, it's anyone's guess right now, but the market's guessing, well, let's, let's revalue these just in case we have some more headwinds against growth in the form of higher interest rates. Alibaba is kind of the Chinese Amazon and a lot of Americans are invested in it. Uh, they're, they've got a stock buyback program that they're willing to spend $25 billion on. What exactly are they doing and how will it affect the market? 
Yeah, I mean, so the concern, one concern with um, with these Chinese companies that are that are listed in the U.S., one of which is obviously the the transparency and the and the strictness of the the big concern was, hey, are these a lot of these stocks going to get delisted? Well, China recently came out, what was it last week or maybe a week and a half ago, and they said, hey, they're willing to play more ball and be more compliant in the realms of transparency on these companies. So now you have Alibaba, which was a beneficiary of that. And then when you're talking about stock buybacks, yeah, you have the you have profitable companies that have extra profits, and you've seen historic stock buybacks in addition to dividend increases. So there's a lot of tailwinds and a lot of optimism around these Chinese-listed stocks included, to include Alibaba, um, which again is, you know, you have China, which is the, the, you know, the second biggest player in the world as far as uh, GDP, um, just, just, <laughs> just below the U.S. So if you're talking about a company that's rivaling Amazon, um, it's, and they're talking about doing their, their stock buybacks. Yeah. That could potentially be a, a, a tailwind. It just means that they have profits and the ability to do that, which will generally bode well in the long term. However, with these Chinese stocks, you always have that you always have that headwind and that uncertainty because again, China plays by a completely different set of rules. And if they said, "Hey, you're <laughs> you're no longer going to be a listed stock," they could easily pull that plug. All right, I want to give you a little homework. Something that I want to discuss with you tomorrow. I understand that Amazon is about to split their stock coming up here sometime soon. I've had three friends that have said, "Rick, if you're going to invest, you might want to think about this." I've been thinking. I need some professional advice. So we'll hit that up tomorrow. Sound good? Let's do it. Right on, buddy. KBOI News Time is 727. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I like this bluesy beat. Seven forty-two on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington here in for Mike Casper this week. Sorry about that, but Chris <laughs> Walton's still here, and that makes us at least okay. Mm-hmm. Instant message from Brandon, if that is your real name, says I had to rebut a caller yesterday who blamed some homelessness on cannabis. I challenged that guy to go to the shelters and find me one person that applies to. What he will find is the legal poison, alcohol, being one of the greatest reasons. Sadly, uneducated people like him spread misinformation about cannabis, and sadly, lawmakers are just like him. The smartest thing this state could do is legalize it, but as long as uh, one of the most lethal killers of uh, self and families is legal, then people are, and it, it kind of trails off. He got to the end of uh, how many times yeah. he's allowed. Yeah, I don't think old Sparky is the reason people uh, are homeless. I think he's probably right. Alcoholism has a, a yeah. much bigger player in that, along with mental illness. Is the I think that's the biggest cause. Well, and homelessness you know, other, other and kinds of drugs like meth and stuff like that. Well, yes, certainly. Meth is a lot more expensive. And therefore is not the uh, jam of most people who have no yeah. money. Uh, among the among the homeless, they always seem to find a lot of uh, uh, her- heroin paraphernalia. Sure. Well, regardless of the absolute reason, I think there are so many for uh, homelessness. John writes in and says, regarding hypersonic projectiles, these are old news. Hypersonic projectiles have been around since the beginning of time. 
They go by names like uh, asteroids, comets. I hear there is a new weapon that travels underground at 10 times the speed of sound. Just we have yet to figure out how to control it. It's called a shockwave and comes from earthquakes. My point is it's all propaganda made to demoralize your foe. If any of the aforementioned hits me, I guess I'll deal with it then. I was more concerned about the hypersonic weapons that we do know about. Um, But I guess he's correct. We do know that there are, you know, comets Mm -hmm. and asteroids and things of that nature. I'm not as concerned about targeting those to any particular spot, but I I think I get where he's coming from. Curtis uh, says, this is from about an hour ago, he said ABC and CBS have reported the same thing about kidnapping. Have they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm concerned about that. The the story he's mentioning, there's a story that was on Fox this morning that I I did not find a confirmation of, but um, I try to. Mm -hmm. I, I may have just missed all the confirmation on this, but there was... A story in regards to Russians kidnapping people from Ukraine as well as children. And there were stories of uh, torture being used against uh, some of these prisoners uh, as well, or captives. And I I can't confirm it, but I'll tell you that's the story that's out. I just haven't heard uh, where all that's coming from. KBY News Time is 745. It is time for our final look at sports today. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Currently in Meridian, I can tell you there is also a Boise location in the works that could be another month away So on Gowan. So you're saying it won't be open by lunchtime? It won't be open. Well, the one in Meridian will be open ah, okay. by lunchtime. They open at 1030. Good enough. Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Soup Today, Chicken Cordon Blue. The Boise location set to open sometime in April. Uh, I can't tell you what day. I can only tell you it's off of Gowan. In the Albertson Shopping Center there, there's currently a Quiznos sandwich shop there that is apparently closing, and it will become Fat Guy's Fresh Deli Mm -hmm. very soon. So there's a change coming. After 14 seasons in which he became the best quarterback in franchise history, the Atlanta Falcons have made a deal, and they are officially rebuilding. Matt Ryan is on the move. Atlanta traded Ryan Monday to the Indianapolis Colts, who very much needed a quarterback in exchange for a 2022 third-round draft pick. (laughs) Third-round pick for a former MVP. Mm -hmm. Well, the Falcons had in mind what they wanted to do. They moved on from Matt Ryan's big old hefty contract and signed Marcus Mariota, who was a free agent who had been playing in Las Vegas the last couple of years. Uh, Mariota is also familiar with the new head coach, Arthur Smith and his offensive scheme from the time they spent together with the Tennessee Titans. Mariota's deal is worth two years, $18.75 million, according to ESPN, which is a pittance for what you usually pay for an NFL quarterback. They don't get them for one season. They get them for two. Although you would expect that if things went really, really well with Mariota under center this year, that he would get a new deal to keep him there in Atlanta. Yeah. But for now, the Falcons can start to rebuild some of those positions that they haven't been able to pay out. Uh, Smith and Mariota did have uh, multiple games together uh, with the Tennessee Titans, uh, including Mariota's six games as a starter during the 2019 season. Colts were desperate, though, for a quarterback. They traded Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders, 
for third-round picks in 2022 and 2023. You get that? Carson Wentz was worth more to Washington than Matt Ryan was to come over from the Falcons. (laughs) Who would you rather have in Washington? Wentz Uh, or Matt Ryan? Probably Matt Ryan. I would think so. Nevertheless... Look at what the Indianapolis Colts have done there. It's a nice move. KBY News Time is 7:48. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at seven. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Hey, hey, hey! 7:54 on News Talk KBOI with Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. Chris, uh, there's a story out there that I told you uh, a little while about. Uh, I'm sorry, a little while ago about. Mm -hmm. It's in regards to Indiana's governor. You hear what he did yesterday? I did. Indiana, for the rest of you that didn't, Indiana's (laughs) governor yesterday vetoed a bill banning transgender females from participating in girls' school sports. He vetoed that bill. Opponents of the transgender sports bill argued it was a bigoted response to a problem that doesn't exist with the ACLU of Indiana saying it planned a lawsuit against what it called hateful legislation. Republican sponsors of the bill said it was needed to protect the integrity of female sports. Now he's a Republican too, isn't he? The governor is. Yes, he is a Republican. Uh So Republicans, Republican sponsors of the bill said it was needed to protect the integrity of female sports and opportunities for girls to gain college athletic sponsorship or scholarships, but pointed out, no instances in the state of girls being outperformed by transgender athletes. Republican Governor Eric Holcomb signaled support for the bill last month, but he vetoed it and said in his veto letter that the legislation falls short of providing a consistent statewide policy for what he called fairness in K-12 through sports. Hmm. Now, before everyone screams, Rhino, which I know is what most, you know, Republicans will do here. The Republican governor also the same day signed a bill eliminating the state's permit requirement to carry handguns in public. Holcomb's decision comes after both measures faced intense oppositions before being approved by what is a very GOP dominated legislature then embraced what have become a pair of conservative causes that does seem strange. across the country. That does seem strange if the uh, the GOP legislature approved it, that the GOP governor wouldn't. We have seen those cases before, mm-hmm. also in a GOP-dominated Idaho, where... Well, the House likes something, but then the Senate doesn't. Yes, yeah. but sometimes the House and Senate like something, and they send it to the governor. He's like, yeah, I don't think we can do that. Let's <laughs> Let's put the hold up on this one. We have seen it before. That is also the case in other places. But this is something that we've talked about quite a bit here recently. Transgender girls participating in women's athletics and doing pretty well. And then some female athletes throwing up their arms and saying, hey, this isn't fair. Well... There was legislation on the table for Indiana to ban that practice. Republican governor vetoed it. 
KBOI News Time is 757. A part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Just another minute before top of the hour, and that means news on the way from ABC. Got some local news for you as well, and we have a damn near impossible question coming up. We do. It is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway uh, Home Services, Silver Hawk Realty, opening doors to the world for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. The question this morning, and we're going to ask for calls in about 20 minutes, uh, for you to win a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Laugh Latte, that number 208 336 William Shatner, Captain Kirk, turns 91 today. In his career, he has been in one movie that was nominated for the Best Picture Oscar. Name the movie. Chris, I don't know <laughs> the answer. <laughs> what? Oh, she don't up. KBY News Time at 10. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.07 on News Talk KBOI. Sorry about Mike Casper not being here, but he'll be excited to know that the Dow is up pretty well today. Up almost 250 points, actually over 250 points right now on the Dow. Got an instant message from Jim. He says, so you've sent Mike to Arizona to get trained. Seems to me that's a waste of money. He's past being able to be trained. No, he's he's at spring training, but it's for baseball, not for yeah. him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure that his wife says he can't be trained any more than he think, already has been. I think he just needs to be trained to, you know, drink beer and eat hot dogs in yeah. the stands. And I'm, I've, seen, I've seen him do it. He's pretty good at it already. Uh, I like Mike. I owe him lunch like three times over now. That's true. He's uh You gotta quit betting with him. Gonna have to. Or I'm gonna have to do better and get even. Not sure how that's gonna work just yet. A uh, few things happening uh in the Idaho legislative session. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're trying to get everything done to finish up by the end of this week, right? Mm-hmm. Do we have any idea whether that's gonna get done or not? No, but they tend to have a flurry of activity on the the Thursday and Friday of this week. Well, that's coming right quick. Mm -hmm. A divided house on Monday gave final passage to legislation providing $1,000 bonuses to every Idaho teacher this year over objections from... uh, Everyone who isn't a teacher? mm, No, no. There were a few representatives who said that the move isn't a good investment. Mm. The bill, by the way which you can read all about in the Idaho press, uh, SB 1404, that's a Senate bill, earlier passed the Senate 28 to 5 with five Republicans voting no. Uh, In the House vote on Monday, all 24 no votes came from House Republicans as well, but it did pass 45 to 24. Among those who are against the bill, Representative Ben Adams of Napa told the House, quote, I appreciate our teachers. My biggest concern with this is that we're spending ARPA funds. That's ARPA we were just talking about. That's oh, the, why, yes, we were. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be funds that we're investing in our future, right? And we're giving one-time bonuses to teachers for work they've already done. Adams, who is also running for the Senate, by the way, said, we've done a lot. 
for teachers this year. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the work that we've done on these issues. So I don't think this is a good investment. So I'm going to be a no. Representative Heather Scott also spoke against the bill, objecting that administrators, too, would get the $1,000 bonus. According to the bill, $23.1 million would go to $1,000 bonuses for Idaho teachers, $12.1 million for classified staff in Idaho schools, such as janitors and cafeteria workers, and another $1.5 million for administrators. The $36.7 million is slated to come from American Rescue Plan Act State Fiscal Recovery Fund money that was allocated to Idaho. Again, money that the federal government is giving to Idaho. Mm -hmm. What we choose to do with that money is up to us. Representative Colin Nash is a Democrat in Boise. The House sponsor of the Supplemental Appropriations Bill, which would allow the funds to be paid out during the current budget year, said, I think this is just a good way to show our appreciation over some extra hard work that's been done over the last year. SB 1404 now goes to Governor Brad Little. If he signs the bill into law, bonuses could be paid right away. $1,000 bonus to teachers. I, you know, I, I clearly, I mean, my parents were both teachers, so if they'd have come home with an extra 2000 bucks, I don't think I'd have complained too loudly. You got an extra hamburger out back, of that thing, probably. Yeah, yeah, back in those days. Uh, however, I don't, I don't know. I, see, I feel like ARPA really, I mean, it's it's the American Rescue Plan Act, okay? Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a recovery fund, so... I don't know. I just feel like we should do something useful as far as infrastructure and the kind of infrastructure we don't have in a lot of uh, small towns is Wi-Fi. That's true. Broadband is definitely an issue. Broadband. We could uh, introduce broadband with that kind of money into every every town in Idaho. I know that broadband is an issue that's very close to the governor's heart and something that he has addressed this year. Look, in... In all the agriculture news that I've done over the last couple of years, and I did some ag reporting, um, I could tell you broadband is one of those things that rural areas overall say, if we had better access to broadband, it would be incredible for our ability to not only farm better, educate our kids better. Yeah, education in small towns um, where they don't have... Uh, uh, they don't have access to certain kinds of specialty teachers. Mm-hmm. That's true. I like where your head's at on that. <laughs> Infrastructure to me is is number one. And I'm not saying I don't want to see bonuses for teachers because I, of course, have two little girls that are in the education system, go to public school. Yeah, I'd love to see their teachers get taken care of because I know how hard this last couple of years has been on those teachers. $1,000 bonuses, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with helping out teachers. Mm-hmm. Teachers don't make nearly enough money. I would love for education to be that one thing that we continue to look past the dollar sign and say, this is what we got to do in order to make smart kids, to make educated decisions later on down the road and not be knuckleheads like I was, <laughs> or or Nathaniel over here, who's a huge knucklehead. Good dude, big knucklehead. 
Easy. I'm that's just not, messing with you, that's, Nathaniel. That's, that's not been my experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not that big of a knucklehead. I've seen worse. KBOI News Time. I've seen worse in that chair. Yeah. <laughs> KBOI News Time is eight fourteen. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 824 now on News Talk KBOI, 37 outside, and it's time to see if you know today's damn near impossible question. Chris, give us the uh, question one more time. Uh, it is uh, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network. For all your real estate needs, call 208-888-4128. And uh, you are playing today for a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Laugh Latte. The question, William Shatner turns 91 today in his career. He has been in one movie, one total, that was nominated for the Best Picture Oscar. Name the movie. There you go. Get on the phones right now, 208-336-3700. And who do we go to first? Is it Ray Jean? That's our caller. Ray Jean, thanks for calling us on KBOI this morning. Do you have a Bill Shatner answer for us? I think I do. <clears throat> um, was it Judgment at Nuremberg? It was Judgment there at Nuremberg. You go. 1961, five years before he started on Star it Trek. It was not Star Trek to The Wrath of Khan, no. which I, to my <laughs> You know, impression is the best of the Star Trek movies. But, uh, yeah, I didn't win. Well, awards. congratulations. You have won a $50 gift certificate <laughs> to uh, Deja Brew Laugh a Latte. Have you been there before? No, I have not. Uh, you're in for a treat then. You're going to enjoy Thank it. You. I really wanted to use this to talk more Star Trek, but that's not going to work out. So, <laughs> uh, Reggie, thanks very much for calling today and congratulations. I'll put you on hold and we'll get some more information from you. All right. KBOI News Time is 826. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on 670 KBOI. Well, that's about two-thirds right. Mike Casper is in Arizona, but uh, I'm here, and so is Bob Beeler. Bob, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you today? Not too bad. I guess our sport today, track and field. Huh? It is. As we're getting ready to transition from indoor track and field to outdoor track and field, we're pleased to welcome one of the assistant coaches, Andy Green, with us. And it looks like track and field, Andy, is set up a lot like football, where different coaches coach different events. So you've got the sprints, the jumps, and the throws. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, I kind of consider myself the uh, field event coach and then and then definitely have a a uh, part to play in the sprints and hurdles and all that stuff and relays. So, yeah. So as you get ready to go outside, tell us about some of the student-athletes that are working with you and what the prospects are for those people uh, this season. Yeah, I mean, the the most obvious one coming off of uh, our indoor successes is Maggie Larson. Um, she was a freshman conference indoor triple jump champion um, just back about a month ago. Uh, additionally, Connor Bjornsson on the uh, sort of javelin um, on the men's side. He's a sophomore. Uh, he was sixth at outdoor conference last year, um, and we're looking for him to to make a step up and hopefully be in that top three kind of range for the uh, for the javelin this year. So those are those are definitely a couple of the standouts so, for the uh, the field event group. So you coach his specialty then because it's it's a throwing uh, event. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 Exactly. 
Now, we're going to be yeah. visiting um, with Maggie Larson coming up here in a, in a few minutes. Uh, she was a freshman, as you mentioned, won the Mountain West Championship in the triple jump. How rare is it for a freshman to win first time out? Um, I mean, I, I certainly haven't seen it in my time here. Um, it was, you know, going into it, we had the sense that she could be in the top five at least. And, and as we got closer, it looked closer to the top three. And um, she was electric that day. Uh, you know, started off with a personal record with her first jump and then ended up winning the, the competition on her last jump by just a couple centimeters. So it was a, it was a pretty special performance by her. In in what you do are the, uh, the the same athletes that are good at at the indoor uh, track and field events also good at the outdoor ones? Is there much difference? I would actually argue that we're we're a little bit more of an outdoor focused team. Um, just with the way that our training works and and what we do, uh, it seems like we always put our best foot forward for outdoor. And there are certainly better competitive opportunities in terms of getting athletes to the further levels of like the NCAA championships. So. Um, I, I think we typically see a surge in, in marks and everyone's always happy to get outdoor and, you know, get some sun on them and, and be out in the elements. Always seems to make them a little happier. This weekend, you guys are heading to San Diego. San Diego State is hosting a meet. So what teams are going to be there? What kind of goals do you think you guys have? Uh, what, are you, what are you guys expecting out of the first outdoor meet of the year? It's going to be a lot of the, the usual suspects. It's going to be a lot of Mountain West schools and, and Pac-12 schools, which is a lot of what we see here on the West Coast. Um, in terms of starting out, the first meet of, of outdoor is definitely a bit of a uh, what we'd call like a rust buster, which is we haven't, you know, we haven't touched competition here for a few weeks and usually coming off of indoor, um, we, we hit them pretty good with training. And so we, we maybe expect a little bit of fatigue, but it's also such an enjoyment to get outside uh, that that we're not going to put anything off the table in terms of hitting big marks and things like that. So the expectation this weekend is very much to, to go have fun, get a competition under your belt, and uh, sometimes that's enough to get some really good marks out of people. So it, it, it'll be a good meet this weekend. We're excited. What are some of the, the better programs that, that you will face this year? Uh, I mean, it, you're going to see, we're going to see plenty of Oregon. We're going to see... Um, I mean, out of our own conference, uh, New Mexico is quite good. San Diego State's good. Colorado State's good. Um, USC, you know, those those are kind of the schools that we see a lot of um, with our competition out, outdoor. You gave us a couple of names to pay attention to uh, for your events, and, and I don't mean to be putting you on the spot, but uh, a couple others from some of the other events this outdoor season we want to be watching for? Yeah, um, Daphne Georgiou in the hurdles. She's the indoor uh, school record holder in the 60-meter hurdles, so she jumps up to the 100-meter hurdles now on the women's side. Um, she's definitely one you would expect to break her own school record again. Uh, Anita Taviore in the sprints as well. Um, she had a really good freshman campaign last year, and, and we expect to see her continue to break her own school record and, and make a push for nationals as well. Um, just just loaded with talent on the women's side right now. So I think those are a couple a couple really good prospects for for outdoor for us. Now, besides throws and sprints, you uh, coach the horizontal jumps. Does that include a pole vault? 
Uh, pole vault would usually be kind of thrown in on the vertical jump, side jump, and, and pole vault. Okay. Um, we don't we don't carry pole vaulters at this point, but um, it's kind of a, a choice that we've made to focus more on the on the long and triple. And we do have a high jumper as well, who I'm pretty excited about, but um, no pole vault for us. So as we look at the meets coming up, it looks like you're going to Stanford. It looks like you're going to Cal for a meet. It looks like you're going to Long Beach and to Oregon and Fresno. So, uh, again, a lot of the same teams you'll be facing at all of those meets? Yeah, I, you definitely get uh, you get some parity from some of the Midwest schools that come out for their spring breaks. So it seems like we're usually, like at Stanford, you'll see a lot of, like, Iowa State and Minnesota and Wisconsin and some schools like that that are just coming from the Midwest and looking for some better weather. Um, <laughs> so that's always fun just to, to kind of mix it up with some some schools that we don't normally get to see until the, the regional meet. So there, it's always high-level competition at Stanford. That's a, that's a super fun competition. How did you happen to recruit uh, Maggie Larson? You know, she reached out to me. Uh, it's, I, we hit the Midwest a little bit. Um, it, it, it makes some sense, uh, just because it's, uh, we, we have nicer weather out here four seasons, but not as intense as the Midwest and, um, just a little bit more of a city center in her case. Um, but she reached out to me and that just kind of started the process. And, and frankly, her committing was a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a shock. She plays it pretty close to her chest when it comes to just being honest about, what's going on. She's fairly quiet. So I remember getting that call and just being like, man, I can't believe we just got Maggie, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's, it's gone well so far and I'm excited to see what we can achieve this, this year. So when you have a freshman that wins and is doing really well, how much do you think they can get better in the next three years? I mean, I, I try to be realistic with the athletes and, and I never want to set expectations that I don't think are attainable. Um, I've told Maggie from the start, when we first started training, um, you've, you've got some pretty special ability. Um, I, I truthfully can't put a ceiling on what I think that on what I think she is, uh, she's capable of. Um, I mean, that was a, a massive jump for her at indoor. Uh, but I think she can jump still significantly further and she's such a hard worker and such a good practitioner that it's, i I truthfully don't know what the what the feeling is for her, so I'm I'm just excited to see what she can achieve. And and we do talk forward. to her next, Coach Green. Thanks very much for joining us this morning, and good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you, Bob. We're going to talk to Maggie Larson after this. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. It is Bronco Tuesday, and uh, I'm Chris Walden along with Bob Beeler. And joining us from the track team is freshman Maggie Larson. Maggie, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? So far, so good. You come from Maple Lake, Minnesota. What's that like? Um, it's a very small town in the suburbs of Minneapolis, or of Minnesota. It's like 50 minutes away from the city of Minneapolis. So it's like um, I graduated with like 70 kids. So really small, not a lot of opportunity there. So it's like a big difference between the city of Boise for me. So why Boise State? I mean, we're coming from Minnesota. I don't think we have too many student athletes from Minnesota that are at Boise. So what what made this program attractive to you? Honestly, um, Coach Green, 
because I remember I reached out to him because I, I, when I was doing the process of finding a college, I remember I just totally wanted to get out of Minnesota and out of the Midwest. So I reached out to a couple coaches and um, a lot of them were like really excited and like enthusiastic, but um, Coach Green was just like, he, I could tell that he was excited and that he knew what he was doing and that like, I have big goals and he was going to be right there with me in those big goals. And so that was like the biggest um, factor getting me to come to Boise state. Two time state champ as a high schooler, two time state runner up. And then you win the mountain West uh, indoor triple jump championship in your first meet. And it sounded like you got better as the meet went along. So was it confidence? Was it getting loose? Why did you keep jumping further every time you jumped? Um, it definitely was not confidence because after prelims, I had to get my ankle taped up because on my first jump, I PR'd on my first jump with like a 41 something. And, um, I like my ankle started hurting. And so the rest of prelims, I was just excited about the new PR and I was not expecting to get better. And then, um, I remember it was me and this other girl who were like, we were just talking and she was in first and I was like, kind of like getting excited. Like, Oh my gosh, like she's a freshman. She's jumping 42. like, I could so do that. And like, um, then I remember hearing my roommate who was also my best friend cheer for me. She was just screaming her head off. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to try something here. And then, um, throughout finals, like my first and second jumps, I did not get better. And then my last jump, I was like, just leave it all out there. And I did. It's probably a, a fairly small, a group of athletes who uh, get better the more injured and tired they are. Yeah, it's not a lot of, I mean, it is like part of the event, like you're tired by your last jump, but like you have so much adrenaline that you just don't even notice. Maybe describe the triple jump to, to people that have not seen it before, what what it actually looks like and, you know, how you go about competing in it and, you know, how many jumps they give you and, and how the event works. Yeah, okay. Um, so basically, triple jump is a series of three jumps. So you take off from a board that is about 36 feet away from the pit, and you do your first phase, which is a hop, and then you do your second phase, which is a bound, and do your last phase, which is a like a jump or like a long jump, basically. And um, in competition, you get three jumps in prelims, And to make it, usually the top 10 go to finals. And then when you're in finals, they'll, like, put you into ranks and you jump based on how well you did. um, So, like, after prelims at conference, I was in the first place spot. So I um, jumped last in that, uh, in finals. So, um, yeah, I think that's, Pretty yeah. much all you need to know about triple jump. It's very basic. It's a lot like long jump, except uh-huh. for it's a little bit more complicated of an actual event. Now, as you're soaring through the air, do you know that you're going to get a good mark when you, I mean, can you tell as you're going that, well, I've really got a good one going? Um, sometimes. Sometimes I jump and I'm like, oh, that was bad, and then I see the um, mark and it was actually decent. But when you throw a big PR like I did on my last jump, you can tell. You just, like, you feel a whole different, like, like kind of like where you are, where you land in the sand. You're like, oh, I've never been out this far. <laughs> and you can just tell. 
new scenery, huh? Yeah. Uh, you you posted a personal record mark of uh, 12.90 meters. Uh, yep. That that's the third longest distance in school history. And it, when you and you also had a personal record uh, in the women's long jump. Uh, how often do you set personal bests? As often as I can, honestly. Um, this year, not very often for indoor. I mean, um, I was not throwing very big PRs, just like little like um, season PRs or whatever. And um, yeah, so I try to get a PR every meet. I know, even if it's a small meet, I go out thinking that it's a big competition and I need to perform my best. But this year, um, it, it didn't really come together for me until the end of the season. Special goals for outside as far as distance, win the conference again, do do the double, take the indoor and the outdoor? Yeah, so my goal is to win conference outdoor because it should be the same competition and we're both like we're all going to get better. Every jumper is going to get better. It's just, um, but I still have that goal to win conference. And then we're also looking at there's a very good chance that I make it to nationals. So that's like the big big goal is nationals. Maggie Larson, we want to thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, Maggie Larson from the the Boise State uh, track and field team. Thank you. And we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more with with Bob after this. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. It is 8.55. Just a couple of minutes left in the the program here this morning. Uh, Bob Beeler, what's the week look like for you? Well, the week is going to start today at 10 o'clock. I'm going to be over at the uh, with the gymnastics team. They are awaiting their NCAA draw. They look like they're going to have a chance to make it. They were ranked in the top 25 most of the season. So they'll find out what regional they will go to, and that's coming up a little later this month. And then uh, the softball team is really doing well, 23-5, and best start. Uh, 3-0 and start in the uh, Mountain West, Chris, and uh, they'll be this week on the road at uh, UC Davis in the middle of the week and then this weekend conference play against Nevada. Yeah, with with Rick doing the PA announcing, I've heard uh, quite a bit about them in just the last couple of days. They they seem like they're pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, 23-5 and five is pretty good. One of their losses was 5-4 to four to Arizona, and Arizona usually one of the teams that shows up at the College World Series. So, uh, you know, you're looking at the wins, and you're looking at the wins, and then to me, you kind of wake up a little bit, wow. They, they, you know, it was a 5-4 loss to Arizona. That's pretty good. They've beaten Stanford. And, and more importantly, they're off to a 3-0 and start in the conference uh, sweeping Fresno this weekend. So uh, they, they've, they've done well. And, and again, gymnastics, finding out what regional they're going to go to. Emily Mullenhop is their senior. She won the conference championship in the in the bars. So uh, I think uh, she's got a chance not only you know for the team to do well, but I think she's got a chance to really score as an individual too. All right, Bob, thanks very much. And, Thanks, Chris. We'll uh, we, talk we to you will, next week. All right. We'll talk to you next week. We'll see you then. Uh, KBY News Time is uh, 8.57, just about 30 seconds left here. We would like to hear from you this morning. Coming up after the uh, top of the hour, our uh, telephone number is 208-336-3700. I hear tell we have some tickets to give away at some point today as well. So who are we giving tickets? That will be Jackson Brown. It's Jackson Brown tickets again. Coming right? in September. Cool. All right. KBY News Time. We've got news coming up for you. Uh, it's 8.58. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 906. 
Glad you're with us here on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week, uh, who will be back uh, Monday, uh, we assume, unless he decides the golf is way too good in Scottsdale, which he might. And if he likes baseball way too much there this week, man, he might. Got a, a programming note uh, today on the Dan Bongino show, which, of course, uh, runs from 10 to 1 yes. on our uh, stations. Uh Today, uh, former President Donald Trump will be a guest no during the 11 o'clock hour. This is good news. Mm-hmm. All right. Donald Trump here on News Talk KBOI today with Dan Bongino. There is something that's going on today on Capitol Hill that we should be paying some attention to, which is the Senate hearing for Supreme Court nominee Judge Brown. Um, that is happening right now, and she is being questioned by Judge Brown Jackson. Uh, Judge Brown Jackson, excuse right. me. She is being questioned right now by Senator Lindsey Graham. I wanted to have an opportunity to hear a little bit of what's going on. We go now live to the Capitol. This is here live on News Talk KBOI. So let's talk about um, <clears throat> the nomination process. Have you ever had any interaction with a group called Demand Justice? No. Directly or indirectly? No. Uh, have you ever had an interaction with a group called American Prospect? No. Do you know anything about uh, Ar- Ar- Arbella? Is that the right, right term? Have you ever heard of a group called Arbella? I've heard of a group that I think is Arabella or something yeah, I, like I that. Yeah, you're right. Not yes. A, uh, Arabella, yeah. Do you know anything about them? Have you had any contact with them? No. Okay. Uh, in your nomination, did you notice that people from the left were pretty much cheering you on? A lot of people were cheering me on, Senator. That's true. true. Did you know that a lot of people from the left were trying to destroy Michelle Childs? Did you notice that? Senator, a lot of people were supporting various people for this nomination. So you're saying you didn't know there was a concerted effort to disqualify Judge Childs from South Carolina because she was a union-busting, unreliable Republican in disguise? Senator, I was, I'm a sitting judge. I was focused on my cases. The answer is no, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Would it bother you if, if that happened? Senator, it is troublesome that people are or were doing things related to I think the that's nomination. the best way to, to say it. People have a right to speak out and pick the person of their choice. But all I can say is that if you miss the fact that there was an organized effort, well, here's President Biden has only a certain amount of political capital for keeping his party united. If he needlessly angers progressives on this SCOTUS pick, that could create all sorts of problems for him down the line. Jeff Hauser, revolving door projects. Uh, let's see. I just got so many quotes. It's difficult to imagine someone with a record like Judge Childs winning votes from criminal justice advocates like Senator Cory Booker, even Dick Durbin. Uh, Child's experience is nothing like the diversity of experience that the Biden administration has championed. Uh, 
this just, let's see. Picking her, Childs, would demoralize the base, side with corporate America. The fact that Lindsey Graham is vouching for her should give the White House pause. Our revolution, Joseph Jervonji, or whatever his name is, I'm sorry about that, Joseph. He's Bernie Sanders' PAC director. You didn't know that all those people were declaring war on Judge Childs? Senator, I did not. Okay. Well, <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm not saying you did. I'm, you said you didn't know. I'll take it at your word. But I am saying that what is your judicial philosophy? You're listening to News Talk KBOI. Uh, you're hearing the Senate confirmation hearing that's going on right now. Judge Brown Jackson. This is live on KBOI. No, my judicial philosophy is to rule impartially and to rule consistent with the limitations on my authority as a judge. And so my methodology actually helps me to do that in every case. So you wouldn't say that you're an activist judge? I would not say that. Okay. So we'll have a 20 minutes more later on, but here's what I would say. That every group that wants to pack the court, that believes this court is a bunch of right-wing nuts that are going to destroy America, that consider the Constitution trash, all wanted you picked. And this is all I can say, is the fact that so many of these left-wing radical groups that would destroy the law as we know it, declared war on Michelle Childs and supported you, is problematic for me. Thank you. Once again, that was Senator Lindsey Graham speaking. Uh, Lindsey Graham has his opportunity to question Judge Brown Jackson, and there will be another opportunity for, it looks like uh, Senator Dick Durbin will be the next person to question uh, the Supreme Court nominee here. So let's right. let's jump back in and hear a little bit more of this before we take our break. Here we go. This is live. It's happening right now on Capitol Hill. The annual budget for Guantanamo is $540 million per year, which means each of these detainees uh, is being held at the expense of 12 or $13 million per year. If they would be incarcerated at Florence, Colorado, the Supermax prison, federal prison, the amount would be dramatically, dramatically less. Since 9-11, nearly 1,000 convicted in the United States on terrorism charges. Since 2009, with the beginning of the Obama administration, the recidivism rate of Guantanamo detainees released is 5%. Mr. Chairman, according to the uh, Director of National Intelligence, is 31%. Somebody is wrong here. If you're going to talk about what I said, I'm going to respond to what you said. If we close Gitmo and move them to Colorado, do you support indefinite detention under the law of war for these detainees? I would just say uh, I'm giving the facts. And I the answer make, is no. I want to make sure that it's clear. The 31% you referred to goes back to the year 2009. What does it matter when it goes back to we had them and they got loose and they started killing people? Well, I could just say that... Uh, if you're one of the people killed in 2005, does it matter to you when we release them? suggest that a president of your own party released them in... I'm suggesting the system has failed miserably and advocates to change this system like she was, in, was, was advocating would destroy our ability to protect this country. We're at war. We're not fighting a crime. This is not some passage of time event. As long as they're dangerous, I hope they all die in jail if they're going to go back and kill Americans. It won't bother me one bit if 39 of them die in prison. 
That's a better outcome than letting them go. And if it costs 500 million to keep them in jail, keep them in jail because they're going to go back to the fight. Look at the friggin' Afghan government. It's made up of former detainees at Gitmo. This whole thing by the left about this war ain't working. Let me also note that Larry Thompson, who served as Deputy Attorney General under President George W. Bush, Orrin Kerr, Special Counsel, Viet Den, who served as Assistant Attorney General for Legal Policy in the George W. Bush administration. Once again, you, <laughs> you were hearing Senator Lindsey Graham here just a second ago as uh, he was he was just going a little bit crazy right there. He was adamant, to say the very least. Um, mean, meanwhile, the, uh, the, the candidate, uh, Judge Jackson, is just sort of sitting there listening and waiting for these two, uh, Durbin and uh, Graham, you know, to, to finish what they're saying. Well, I, as I said earlier today, when you're pretty sure that Brown Jackson is going to be confirmed because there are just as many Republican votes as there are Democrat votes, and then the tiebreaker goes to the vice president, mm-hmm. who is going to confirm, you know, as long as there isn't anything crazy going on, you know that she's going to be confirmed. And so instead of asking really difficult questions... You can grandstand you, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you, you, you just make a few points. And I think that's what Lindsey Graham was doing right there. He was grandstanding a little bit. And for good reason. I mean, it's not like he didn't make valid points. But Senator Dianne Feinstein was, also will be questioning. We'll get back to that in yeah, just a moment. He was, kind of, he was talking about uh, ruling on allowing prisoners uh, to go free from Guantanamo. Right. And I got the feeling he doesn't want to do that. That's kind of where I was at with that as well. All right. We'll dip in a little bit to the hearings that are going on on Capitol Hill when we come back. KBOI News Time is 9.15. Day from 10 to 1. It's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.19 on News Talk KBOI. Big, big news for us here. Former President of the United States will be with Dan Bongino today, Chris. Starting at 11 o'clock our time. So less than two hours from now. Former President Donald Trump will be on KBOI today with Don, uh, with Mr. Bongino, Dan mm-hmm. Bongino. So uh, be prepared to listen in for that. Uh, that'll be a good one today. The other news that's happening right now, it is breaking as we speak on Capitol Hill. The Senate hearing is going on for Judge Brown Jackson, who is trying to be confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. She is being questioned by the senator from California, who I mentioned is looking more and more like Yoda every day. (laughs) Senator Dianne Feinstein. Mm -hmm. Confirm you, we will. Let's dip in and hear what's happening. This is live from Washington, D.C. on News Talk KBOI. Only two justices who has also served on a federal district court the other being Justice Sotomayor. In your eight years as a trial judge on the D.C. District Court, you wrote nearly 600 opinions and presided over nine jury trials and three bench trials. As you know from your service on the District Court, it's important for appeals courts, and especially the Supreme Court, to be clear in their decisions. The clarity is necessary, as you well know, for trial judges to effectively do their job and properly apply legal precedents that are fair and consistent. As a district judge, you were responsible for applying precedent 
from the Supreme Court and the courts of appeal to your case. And now as a judge in the D.C. Circuit, you're drafting those precedents. Your experience as a trial judge is one of your most significant assets. And I just want to add a personal comment. This is a tough place, and you are handling it very well. And um, I appreciate your directness uh, and think that's important. Here's a question. I have two related questions. How did you make sure that you were properly applying the relevant precedents as a district court um, judge? And if you're confirmed to the Supreme Court, what would you do to make sure your opinions are clear so they could be applied correctly by district courts? Thank you, Senator. As you noted, um, in my time as a district court judge, I had um, the opportunity to apply precedents that were handed down by the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court. Uh, the district court is bound by the law as stated by those other uh, tribunals, and I was very uh, focused on making sure that I found the right precedents and applied them faithfully. As I mentioned, uh, with respect to my methodology, part of the process is receiving information from the parties in a case. And the parties write briefs, and uh, in most cases, they identify the precedents that they at least believe are applicable. And then um, the court does its own legal research as well uh, to determine whether all of the relevant cases have been identified. Uh, and then you look to see whether there's anything that directly controls, and if it does, that's your answer. Um, in many cases, the precedents might be a um, little bit different in certain ways, and you are assessing the party's arguments and determining within your proper role um, whether what the appellate courts have said provides the law of decision for the case. But what's important, as you've mentioned, is the clarity by which courts of appeals in the Supreme Court um, need to operate and so, so that the lower courts can actually follow the precedents. And I'm very conscious of that, as you said, as someone who has um, had to follow precedent. And I would think carefully about that and, and use, um, use my communication skills to ensure that the precedents are clear so that lower courts can follow them. Once again, you're hearing live right now on Capitol Hill. Uh, that is um, the Supreme Court nominee, Judge Jackson. I'm sorry, Brown Jackson. I'm going to try and get her name right. I apologize. Um, it is the Senate hearing that's going on right now. She was answering a question. It was a softball thrown out there by uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein. How do you make sure that you're going to remain objective when you're making a decision for the Supreme Court? And, of course, that's not controversial by 
any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> okay. um, so, yeah, it, it, every once in a while, Democrats are going to chuck him up a softball and let her just try and hit it out of the park. And I think that's what she was trying to do here. Uh, nothing like what we heard from a, uh, a Lindsey Graham who was, you know, he wasn't waving his arms or standing up and shouting, but he definitely was sitting in his chair, leaning forward and giving her the business. Yeah. You know, I think he was mostly yelling at Dick Durbin, to tell you the truth. He might have been, you know. In any case, this is going on live at the Capitol right now. And uh, should we see a little more lively conversation, uh, we will dive back into that. Uh, I don't know about you, because the Lindsey Graham thing was pretty entertaining as far as I'm concerned. So we'll jump back into that here in a little bit as it is happening right now on Capitol Hill. It was about as entertaining as these things get. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) You know, I'm glad we caught a piece of that. In any case, the uh, confirmation hearing is going on right now. If it gets interesting, we'll jump back to it. News here at the bottom of the hour. Stand by for that. KBOI News Time is 926. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Nine thirty-three on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week. He'll be back on Monday, though. Sure to have a sunburn and uh, all kinds of stories about how great the Mariners are going to be this year because <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> They have a nice facility down there. Yeah, they do. I went down just a few years ago, and, and they share a facility with the San Diego Padres. And uh, I went to see the Mariners and the Padres at their, you know, they were basically both of them had a home game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the next day I went to see the Royals and the Rangers because they share a facility. Gotcha. I've seen the A's uh, facility in Scottsdale. Pretty mm-hmm. nice. Um, I admit that I didn't travel around and see a bunch of other teams play. I just wanted to see my team play. Um, got to see him play the Angels and the Cubs and uh, the Brewers, I think, the last year that I was there. But it's it's probably been 10 well, years since I've been to spring training. It's a lot of fun because you, you pay a little less than you would at a regular Major League Stadium. Not yeah. a lot less anymore, but, uh, but less. Yeah. And you sit considerably closer to the players. Uh, big news for you. Uh, coming up today, later on this afternoon on 670 KBOI and 93.1 FM KBOI, News Talk KBOI will have Donald Trump on the air. It's not this afternoon, though. It's at 11. It's at 11 o'clock yeah. today. Well, it's, a, it's so the it's, afternoon somewhere on the East this, Coast. It's this before noon. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. 11 o'clock today with Dan Bongino, the president. Former president, I should say, Donald Trump, will be on with us today. So. Bongino was talking about it yesterday, but I, the way he was talking, I wasn't sure whether he was kidding or not. But uh, you know, he was sort of kidding about what he would say to him. I know that Trump has been doing some uh, media outlets today. Uh, I know he was on Fox Business earlier today, which I'm sure they carried on Fox News as well. But I did see him on uh, on Fox earlier today, so... He's doing a little bit of media, so we'll hear from him. By the way, if you're wondering about what we have been doing the last half hour, which was dipping into the confirmation hearing, uh, it, they're at a break right now. So Senator Feinstein is done with her questioning. They took a break. Not sure for how long. Usually they're 10 to 15 minutes long, and then they run like a half an hour. Yeah. So we may not get a chance to hear anything more of what's going on there today, but if it does begin again and it looks like it's going to be something worth seeing, uh, we'll jump into it. But uh, that is not the case right now as they are on break. 
essentially the, the gist of it is the Republicans are saying to her, I'm concerned about the way you've been ruling on this. And then they set up a situation and say, well, you know, how would you rule on, on this situation? Yeah. And then they tell her that, you know, they're not real happy with it. The, what the Democrats have been doing basically is throwing out a subject and then, you know, essentially tell, telling us all, tell us all the good things that uh, you've done on, in regard to this subject. I will bring this up again. A decision has already been made by Democrats that the president's nominee mm-hmm. is going to be validated and confirmed. Democratic president, so that makes sense, I guess. Democrats are going to vote to confirm her. It should, That'll it, be 50 votes. It, it shouldn't be straight along party lines. It should be based on the merits of what they hear in the next few days. But it, never, That's not going to be never, the case. Never mind that. There, unless Judge Brown Jackson says something that's really off base. Mm-hmm. I say off base meaning against what her uh, Democratic colleagues uh, would agree with. Yeah. If she stays to script, she's going to be just fine. She's going to be confirmed. She seems like she will probably stay to the script. And it happens like this. There are 50 Republicans that are going to vote no. There are 50 Democrats that are going to vote yes. And then it's going to go to the vice president to break the tie. And she is going to vote to confirm. And that's how it's going to play out. You don't think any of the Republicans I don't, would vote to confirm? I don't think so. Mm. I think Republicans are staying... Uh, they are, they already know how this is going to work out, but they they want the vice president to be the one that breaks the tie. I don't think anybody wants to cross party lines right now. Somebody, I, I would say, probably, especially in the Republican Party, but yeah, I'm not so sure so, that's the case. Somebody who's been there maybe the last you know four or six years or whatever can uh, they can say, hey, uh, I, every uh, every Supreme Court justice that was uh, confirmed, I voted for them. Right. Well, uh, that that's a a valid point. I don't think that's what we're going to see here. <laughs> I think it'll be straight down party lines. I think Republicans are united on this one. I think right. Democrats are united on this one. And the math has already been taken care of. The only thing that can happen that throws a monkey in that deal is if the nominee says something that everybody goes, wait, she said what? And I don't expect that's going to happen. So just take my word for it. She's going to be confirmed. It's going to be a 50-50 vote with the vice president being the one that breaks the tie. That's what's going to happen. There are other things that are happening in news today that we're happy to tell you about, including LGBTQ workers and employee allies at the Walt Disney Company. Did they do their walkout? They're planning to stage a walkout in protest of Florida's parental rights and education bill. It's been dubbed the don't say gay bill by opponents. Uh, As I understand, some employees have been walking out each day since Tuesday the 15th, anywhere between 3 and 3.15 Eastern time. Um, And today, protesters are planning a full-length walkout. Uh, And I understand it was supposed to happen earlier this morning. Mm Mm-hmm around 6 a.m. our time, and then would last until about 4 o'clock our time, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. their time. Was Disney uh, surprised that uh, when they found out that a lot of their uh, theme park entertainers who uh, sing and dance and dress up in costumes were gay? Well, that's a fair question, Chris. I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) But I can see how you might ask a question like that. The bill, though 
prohibits instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity from kindergarten to third grade, and then would limit or prohibit what classrooms can teach about sexual orientation and gender identity in other grades unless they are age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate, a threshold that citizens uh, have criticized, I say citizens, people have criticized Mm -hmm. as being vague. It also allows parents to sue, sue schools, put out lawsuits against the schools that engage in those topics that are not going by the letter of what this bill says. Right. It opens up the idea for litigation. Disney CEO, what do they have to do with it? The CEO has been criticized for his response to the bill, first for his silence on the legislation, and then later for not well, outright condemning the bill in his public statements. You, you can't win when you're criticized for your silence. That's true. You know, a lot of a lot of people that are you know just trying to make money um, don't want to make a stand either way on something like mm-hmm. this because you're going to make somebody that, angry. That is an awful lot of people. Don't alienate. I mean, take Michael Jordan, for instance. The most popular athlete in the world for a long, long time might still be One questionable. Of them anyway. Yeah. Michael Jordan didn't want to stand up and back any type of political candidate one way or the other because Democrats and Republicans, they both buy shoes. <laughs> he, he's been quoted as saying that a lot of times. Republicans buy uh, shoes, yeah. Democrats buy and, shoes, and, and, and I don't want to alienate any it, of them. Exa- I want them all exactly. to buy Jordans. Exactly. Uh, that's what I was talking about. You know, you, you never know who uh, is going to fall into one of these subsets and, of, of, of groups, and so you, you don't want to alienate anybody who's a possible customer. That's, that's all I'm saying. Several Disney figures, including ESPN sports anchor Ellie Duncan, have shown support for the walkouts during televised broadcasts as well. According to Duncan, ESPN employees have also been participating in the daily walkouts. Duncan herself took a moment of silence during her broadcast in, uh, as well in protest. A moment of silence, huh? And by the way, ESPN is wholly owned by ABC and Disney. Walt Disney, mm-hmm. as is ABC News. Yeah, we play ABC News here. Although I don't think they've done any walkouts well, at ABC News. They're actually separate. No. Are they? Yeah. They, Are they ABC, now separate? ABC uh, Radio News is different. Okay. Not, not a Disney thing anymore. Uh, I'm sure you will be seeing some of this uh, play out uh, on television today, whether it be CNN or Fox News or MSNBC. But these Disney walkouts are continuing today. What else are you seeing in news today? What's what's got well, Chris Walton looking around? I have a, a few instant messages. Uh, John says responding to the caller that is advocating uh, to marijuana legalize in Idaho. I live, work, and listen to your show from Washington State. From my observation, mm-hmm. since it's been legalized, it's now a mess. Just like alcohol, people are now also driving while in altered states of mind. So it's another thing law enforcement has to deal with. Yes, in a perfect world, people would use mind-altering drugs in a controlled, but in reality, people push the limits. My advice to Idahoans, don't legalize it. Uh, John kind of seems to be under the, the belief that uh, since it's not legal in Idaho, it, it isn't in Idaho. 
and and that's not true. It's it's everywhere. Uh, you can you can buy marijuana in Boise just as easily as you can in Ontario. It's not legal to do so, but the opportunities are yeah. there. I think if you went to any high school freshman or sophomore and said, "Do you know where I can buy weed?" <laughs> they would probably tell you yes. Go to the now. Do- I'm, I'm not saying college, that's okay. By go to the a way, college I'm, dorm or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm. It's not for me. You know, I'm just saying it's not hard to get. Mm-hmm. Even in Idaho, where it's not legal, it's not hard to find. You know, uh, you're you're a very short car ride away from an area where hippie lettuce is just all over the place. It, it's very available. <laughs> You know, hippie and you lettuce. just pick a direction my entire, and start driving. You're going to find it. My entire life, I've only heard one person call it hippie lettuce, but no. I've heard him call it that about 50 times. <laughs> I'm guilty. Uh, Mark wrote in to say, I think the rhino designation should be applied to the right wing fringe of the Republican Party. The governor of Indiana is what I would consider mindfully right in line with true Republican values. That's interesting. Um, By the way, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, the Indiana governor, uh, whose name escapes me just right for the moment, uh, Eric Holcomb, is that correct? Uh, Hang on here. I think it is. In any case, there was a bill that came across his desk where it would ban transgender athletes from playing women's sports in high school in the state of Indiana. And Republicans in his state, Republican lawmakers were behind the bill. Mm-hmm. Sent it to the governor's desk. He said no and vetoed it. The Republican governor vetoed that bill. And that's got some in his own party a little upset. However, he kind of balanced that out a little bit by signing the same day legislation that would ban permits from uh, handgun owners. You don't have to have a permit to have a handgun anymore. So, hmm. you know, Indiana um, strong on their Second Amendment, but maybe not in line with some other Republican values in regards to transgender athletes. Just saying. All right. KBOI news time is 946. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 951, the only Mike around here that we're worried about it's not mike casper it's mike poe the Yay. winner of our tickets to see jackson brown congratulations mike by the way if you called in and you didn't win sorry mm-hmm. but you, you will have a chance again tomorrow i understand is that correct guys yes I more tickets so. to give away tomorrow I, right. I would say that's what's going to happen yes the confirmation hearing is back on of uh, judge brown jackson the senate hearing for the supreme court nominee uh, they are just getting underway once again. I don't know that we need to dip in and hear any of that or not, but I just let you know that that is uh, currently happening. Um, President Donald Trump will be on with Dan Bongino today on KBOI. You know, it, I started out, you know, when we first got the Dan Bongino show, mm-hmm. uh, making, well, I, I called him John Bon Jovi all the time. I did too. You know? Just, just to be funny. Just, and I did it just after, to be obnoxious. Okay, basically I did too. But after a while, <laughs> after a while, uh, anytime I'd want to say Dan Bongino, it would come out John Bon Jovi. Yeah. And so I, well, I started to sound like an idiot. So I decided uh, I, to stop doing that. I said it to be a jerk. Yeah. And uh, I fully admit it. 
Um, it was a joke before. Now it's not a joke, so I don't do that so much anymore. But uh, Dan Bongino, our host here on KBY, mm-hmm. will have uh, President Donald Trump on at 11 o'clock today. Yeah, so be, be listening. That should be worth listening to. Yeah. Carol says uh, the Idaho State Police received $1,000 hazard pay from the federal funds in Governor Little's Back the Blue. It cost $362,000. Maybe that money could have been combined with the teacher bonuses to do more good for the state in some area. Possibly. Uh, I'm, I'm not opposed to giving uh, hazard pay to police or teachers, for that matter. One of the things I'm most upset about during this legislative session is that Idaho State Police were not granted uh, money that they needed to go buy a helicopter. Okay. Sheriff's departments, police departments, none of them have a helicopter. If there is a missing person search that's going on, they've got to go find somebody that owns a helicopter and rent from them. Denny or buy the time. You know, there's no helicopter for any mm-hmm. of our rescue services. I thought if you're going to give it to anybody, give it to Idaho State Police. Still no helicopter mm-hmm. for any law branch in the whole state. But they have life flight if they need it, right? Yes. Okay. Denny in Nampa writes in and says, Methinks that it's a distinct possibility, maybe even a probability, that Marvin Milktoast Rhino Mitt could vote for the candidate. Uh, wouldn't be the first time this guy blindsided his constituents. That's Mitt Romney. Uh, yes. And yes. he and he does. If, if, if somebody on the Republican side is speaking out against something that Republicans are doing, uh, chances are pretty good that it may be Mitt Romney because it sometimes is. Mike writes in and says, actually, many political commentators believe Republicans like Murkowski, Susan Collins, and Mitt Romney will vote for Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. Okay, well, that it, is entirely it, possible. It, it, I'm it not could, saying it won't happen. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, I'll tell you this, though. If they cross party lines on this, it'll stick with them again. You know, it's sure. one more thing that Republicans will try and paste on them. So I don't really expect that to happen. But look, you voted for Mitt Romney back in the day when he was running for president. You knew he was a moderate. You knew it. That's one of the things people liked about Mitt Romney was his ability to side to the middle and try and get things done. <laughs> things to Look, in Washington, D.C., believe me on this. If you're on the far right or the far left, you don't get anything done. The only time there's progress is when people meet in the middle. Unless you can get everybody on your side. And that ain't very easy. Just saying, if you're on the far right or the far left, that's not where you get, you don't make up ground there. To to a certain extent, yeah, that's true that that you don't get anything done in Washington without cooperation. You can't go in there and do things by yourself. That's true. All right, guys, we're about out of here for the day. Uh, Again, Mike Casper is on vacation. He'll be back coming up on Monday. I'm just filling in to try and fill this seat and not, you know, blow it and keep an eye on the clock. So, Dan Bongino with President Trump at 11 o'clock, KBOI News Time.